Hello, everyone, and welcome to this Hello. week's episode. Oh, hey. And welcome to this week's episode of Thoroughly Unqualified, the delightful podcast in which three grown ass siblings uh, discuss relationships, love, life, and whatever the heck else we think of, um, even though none of us are remotely qualified to speak on any of those subjects. Uh, life, well, maybe. Who knows? Uh, I'm Jeff, I'm the youngest. I'm Chris, I'm the middle. And I'm Nikki, I'm the oldest. I don't think we did that last week. That I think we did. Maybe. Did we? Oh, well. Last week, they know well, who we are right every now. week goes slightly <laughs> off the rails. I always go, last week went slightly off the rails. They all go slightly off the rails. I was coming in hot think... last week. I was ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when I was listening back to it as I was editing, I was like, wow, Jeff was fired up today. <laughs> but, Sometimes you, know, you just gotta let, let the world have it, you know? Yeah, I mean, if you want to vent on our podcast, then vent on our podcast maybe not every single week but well don't vent all the time because then you're sus exactly true so speaking of weird things that jeff does uh one of the questions was what outfit did your siblings wear all the time as a kid that your parents still talk about and i don't know if it's necessarily an outfit in fact it's not an outfit it's an accessory but jeff made a necklace out of wood i guess this should have been like our indicator that he was going to be a woodworker <laughs> but um or maybe not i don't know but anyway he made a necklace that was a quite large fork knife and spoon carved out of wood and he wore it every day <laughs> this was how old were you you're in like first grade maybe? no i was much older than that like fifth or sixth grade no you weren't that i'm old. i'm 100 percent confident was... I, I have a picture for me at reed wearing it yeah it was older to be like, no, this is definitely weird. That was a fun one. I have nothing to say about it other than it was a conversation starter. It's definitely true. Like and everyone thought I was weird a... anyway, so why not just go for it, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, everything you do is a conversation starter. You don't need more of them. I just remember you had that poster. It must have been of your grade or something. Remember you had that giant poster? Yeah. It was like all the pictures of all the kids in your grade yeah. or all the kids in your school or something. Yep. And, of course, you're wearing the fork knife and spoon necklace in mm-hmm. that picture. And the photographer really liked it. He was like, get that in there. That's interesting. Yeah. And I was like, heck yeah. He's probably like, this kid's creepy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that makes me creepy. I liked food. <laughs> yeah. It was it was interesting. But I've always um, liked woodworking. I just got serious about it because I actually have time and money now. Yeah. And talent. <laughs> well, that's not good. Although, I guess as a... You know, fifth grader being able to carve a fork out of wood is pretty impressive. Yeah. Not that it was the best fork in the entire world, but you knew what it was. Yeah. I don't remember Chris wearing anything weird. I wore gray t-shirts. Yeah. I, yeah. I still I still do that. Pretty much exclusively wore t-shirts. In, yeah. in our still, youths, we were all very much yeah. creatures of habit when it came to <clears throat> when it came to fashion sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was a huge tomboy, which right. I think mom actually appreciated because then she could just buy me boys' clothes and hand them down to you guys and not have to get like a separate set of clothing for me. I'm pretty sure I still have I had... like clothes that used to be Chris's. <laughs> just like I know that And not like I don't think I got a lot of clothes from you. I know Jeff got a bunch from me. Yeah. You probably did. some. Especially I know some early on. Yeah, early early would yeah. make sense, but I like Cuz all I wore was like 
Adidas t-shirts and wind pants until I was like in high school. Basically, wind pants. That's <laughs> maybe a, actually that's maybe an like expression I, I was still. Yeah, wind pants. Do you remember those? Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> I was obsessed with those. But then I, I eventually did. I kept wearing wind pants, but I switched to like girlier ones, which it's kind of dumb that those things are gendered. But I always had boys everything. Again, yeah. stupid that these things were gendered, but I had, like, boys' bikes and, uh... To be fair, women's like bikes that. are just stupid. <laughs> the, well, like, I mean, pointless gender. Yeah, quote-unquote women's bikes are just pink yeah. bikes. They're just, they're just like, bikes with a slightly different frame shape that is worse and heavier. So that they can put their petticoats over the seat without causing problems. The one thing I wore that mom and dad definitely still talk about is the bandanas, which we touched on a little well, bit last week. Yes, I mean that. Yes, that was part of your identity. From, I think it started when I was in fourth or fifth grade, and then I had to stop when I was in sixth grade because I got in trouble for wearing them to middle school. Gang signs. Yeah. Other than that, I don't think there was anything particularly strange. Um, all right. Another question. Uh, I liked this one a lot. If you guys could take a sibling trip, no parents or other relatives or significant others, where would you go? That's a good question. Where would go? My, it, I don't know that this is true, but the first thing that popped into my head was Amsterdam. Just because I feel like, not necessarily because that's like the nope. place that we would all like to go, but because that's a place you yeah, cannot go with your parents. <laughs> um, having been to Amsterdam, not a place I would bring mom and dad. Um, at least not not through the uh, especially not through the red light district or you know the profound amounts of weed smoking that happens there. Um, I thought English speaking Europe, so that kind of it's all in aligned with what I thought. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I barely have traveled at all, so I'm pretty much down to go anywhere. Chris would pretty much just let us take the lead, but that's why yeah, I, I said yes. like English speaking because I know he would want to be able to. Because I think some people would say like. Made. Places where we can go do active things because our parents are old and broken, but mom can out hike me every day of the week. Probably yeah. any of us. Um, I, I went on a relatively easy hike with mom a few months ago, and I was like, <gasps> at the end, and she's like, la 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 la. <laughs> I was like, well, she also hikes like every day. She hikes. I went on a couple hikes with her when I was, yeah, when I was uh, home for the beginning of quarantine. Yeah. Which I mean, power to her because I was fine. Like we went on light hikes anyway because right. I have had two surgeries in the past year so right i am fairly where limited else? anyway but where else makes sense what about in the u.s where would we go i say it'd be fun to do like a an rv trip or something but actually i don't think that would be very fun i think no. that'd be fun for about a day for me. like yeah, yeah. and then you two would get an argument about something stupid and it would blow up into this a disaster this and then i just try to leave Nikki and I once spent the entire an entire two hour drive arguing about the correct spelling of the word dynamite. I was right. I would like to point out, uh, but uh, Nikki was driving and I did not have a smartphone at the time because it was I was relatively young and it was before they were ubiquitous. So I couldn't correct her and she wouldn't give me her phone to Google it. <laughs> I probably didn't have a smartphone at the time either. I think you I did because one. I'm pretty sure I was like we could check right now and you're like no. I could be wrong. I could be misremembering that. I didn't get a smartphone. I got my first iPhone, which was an iPhone 4, my senior year of college. So I don't remember when that drive was, but... It was after a big family reunion. I have no idea what year that was. I'm pretty sure it was Yeah, probably. Earlier. probably but whatever. Yeah. 
um, that yes, you were correct. And I probably knew that at the time, too. Yes, I think, I think the it. second it became an argument, you were like, oh no, he's right. <laughs> yeah, to... I can't give in. Yep. Can't back down now. That's our relationship. For anyone curious, her argument was that it is D-Y-N-O might. And I correctly posited no that it might. is D-Y-N-A might. Why this was important, it was when that It was when that song Dynamite was very popular. And he's like... Teo Cruz or whatever. Yeah. He says Dino Might. Dino Cruz. Yeah. Dino Might. It's the song is Dynamite though. I believe it is spelled with an A. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Pretty sure it is. Teo Cruz when the song came pronounced out, it this... however he liked, but That came out in two thousand nine, so I would have been nineteen. So yeah, I would have not mm. had a smartphone yet. <laughs> Which is crazy because you think kids now get them at like Age eight observed yeah. me but different times we're old but get off my lawn i didn't even have a cell phone until i was 16 i think and it was like a dinky flip phone it's also yeah. been a point of contention as well that i got a smart or a flip uh, cell phone my first cell phone when i was i think 13 or 14 nikki was not happy about that at the time yeah well i had to use mom had that like really old like motorola like brick phone that everybody had for a long right. time and I would like use that when I went on like color guard trips or something so that I could like call right. if there was an emergency or if I needed to be picked up or something and I remember everybody else had their own phone and I was like I have my mom's dinky cell phone and I would just like play snake on it angrily <laughs> I remember Chris at one point got the Motorola Razor which was that like very sleek Oh yeah, flip phone, and he thought he was the coolest person in America. He would flip it open, just open and closed all the time. Yeah, I played with it constantly. It was yeah. the best until it constantly well, I broke. One that flipped open both ways, so you could use it like a phone phone, or you could use it like a keyboard. I thought that was the coolest shit ever. Well, Can I say the is still the only cell phone I've ever broken, and I broke it like three times because it was a millimeter thick. I was thinking about this. There is a very small cross-section of the population right now that still retains the skill to text on a uh, numeric keyboard. Like, uh, like, because mm-hmm. I, I had to do it was that. A pain. I got, it, got, it was a pain, but I got really fast at it. I could do that, like, almost yeah. as fast as normal typing. I don't think I could pick yeah, it up again quickly. That's all you but... do for a long time. Yeah. 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 It would take me a while, but I could, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I've never broken a smartphone, but I broke... Slash dropped in the toilet so many phones. This phone has gone through everything. This has been in a toilet, still rocking. Yeah, it's still about phones that was their waterproof and like as long as you put a tempered glass screen. I've dropped this off the roof. (laughs) I dropped this off the the roof. I was cleaning the gutters and then my phone rang, so I went to fish (laughs) it out of my pocket. I fumbled it because my hands were all gross from the gutters. (laughs) It just went out of my hands. Yeah, I take good care of my phone. I don't, but it's still hanging in there. It takes good care of me. I mean, I take care of it in that it has a tempered glass screen protector and a case on it. <laughs> I mean, I have a case on my. I got a pretty robust case but on I mine. But... Drop it all the time, not from the roof, but just from like holding it in my hand. To be fair, the difference between dropping something three feet to the ground and dropping something off of our garage roof is really not that big in terms of like force applied. Uh, well, we never answered the question of where we would go in the country. Oh, true. That's right. Um, <laughs> a little off track there. It's going to be a rambly episode, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think we determined 
Yeah. You're supposed to go to like Nashville. Or no, but something. in the country. In the country. Right, in the country. That's right. Yeah. That's the other. Thing. Uh, I've been to a really, great deal of the yeah. country compared to. Yeah. I have not. Yeah. I was too busy playing baseball in the Northeast. Or like California would be cool. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. Wouldn't, not right now, but uh, yeah, I've been to all of these places. But yeah. Or somewhere. Hawaii, in Alaska. Gone like the Grand Canyon. Yeah, I oh I'm down for the Grand Canyon. Alaska. That's cold. New Orleans. All right. Well, I've, I've as been soon to New Orleans as for like a day. we're all vaccinated, we'll go to the Grand Canyon. Sweet. I've been okay. to New Orleans too, but only for like. I was there for like thirty-six hours. hours yeah. <laughs> Stop. Sold. Done. All right. Well, we'll we'll figure out a sibling trip once things are. And we will record an episode of this podcast from Possibly. the Colorado River on a raft. <laughs> In the Grand Canyon. Can you imagine? Crazy. We could probably do it the, on our cell phones. Audio quality would be hot garbage. <laughs> horrible, honestly, what we really have to do, we have to do it while, like, tubing down a river or something like that. So it's actually, yeah. you know, possible. And, and we don't have to pay attention to, you know, rapids or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, but that's where the excitement is. It's fine. We all get AirPods and just record it with that. It'll be fine. I don't have an iPhone. Do you think I'm rich? Well, or... AirPods are... I know, but I'm not going to get AirPods. I'm also not going to do that. Well, Chris, I, I'm, I'm yeah. I respect whatever that Android or Google equipment No is. offense, AirPod <laughs> users, you look like a doofus. Uh, hey, I'm wearing them right I, now. They're I maintain my statement. They're, they're stupendous for running. I resisted for a long time. I just got them this year, and... I will, yeah, I'll give you that. They are probably really good for running. Sure, I'm, I, I, I don't doubt their practicality or their, yeah. their utility, uh, but you look like a doofus. And this is just something you're going to have to accept if you're an AirPod user. More or less like a doofus than if you have, like... Because these are basically just the same thing without the cord. So do you look more like a doofus with or without the cord? No, I think with the cord, it, it has a certain um, elegance that is lacking with, with just the AirPods. Right. I don't know what you're talking about anymore. Away, it gets all tangled. And, oh, anyway. yeah. again, again, I'm not t- speaking about the practical function of either of these things. I hate corded okay. headphones. I hate them so much. Why do you think oh, these are Bluetooth? You know, and I certainly wouldn't run. Okay, with these. let's talk about some life problems. Hooray! Besides how dumb AirPods look, because. I agree, they do look pretty dumb, but they're great, so I'm not going to bash them. Okay, so this is one, we haven't really talked about this topic yet, which is kind of surprising. So I thought this one was interesting. Um, it's from Reddit. Uh, it's called, A Zoom call last night, I saw a woman in my friend's house who wasn't his wife. Every Sunday night, some of my friends slash coworkers at the university I teach get there for a Zoom meeting. One of my friends left the room, and while he was gone, a very young woman, who clearly wasn't his wife, she's away on a trip, I believe, walked in, unaware the Zoom call was going on. I don't like to jump to conclusions, but this woman came from the bedroom, wearing just a hoodie and socks. When my friend came back in and saw her in there, he looked embarrassed, but didn't say anything, and she left right away, so I think it's clear what was going on. I think he was thing we hadn't noticed, since there was a lot of us on the call, and there was another conversation going on. My wife and my friend's wife are best friends. I don't like inserting myself into private situations, especially with a coworker and friend. However, I feel like my wife would be upset if I didn't tell her. But I know if I tell her, she will feel obligated to tell his wife. How should I approach this situation? 
if ages are important, my friend is 37, his wife is 33. I don't know how old the young lady I saw was. So this is an actual serious one. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's a very, very difficult situation, because I've seen yeah. problems like this before, and I'm like, I don't know how I'd react in that situation. Yeah, we haven't talked about, you know, cheating and or what you would do if you potentially even... We don't know that that's the situation here, but uh, what you would do if you knew someone was cheating on their spouse who you were friends with. So, I think significant other. it would be very... If I were in this... Is it a, a male narrator? It doesn't really matter, but... Um, uh, kind of implied, but yeah, does not whatever, whatever. say specifically. Um, if I were this person... I honestly, and this might not be the right take, I don't know that I would say anything. Um, and again, I'm not necessarily giving that as advice, I'm just trying to put myself in, in the position. Uh, I think there was a lot of different potential explanations for what that is, what what they saw. The obvious one, obviously, is cheating uh, with, a, with a much younger woman. Um, but that's definitely not the only one. Um, it could be any any reason. Maybe he has a secret long-lost daughter that you don't know about. Or, you know, there could be any number of reasons to be embarrassed that someone strolls in. Um, the fact that she was likely clothed is not really a huge point in his favor. Um, but if I had to give advice on this, um, I think you got to privately bring it up to the person, to the potential cheater, and say, look, here's what I saw. I'm not necessarily going to do anything with this information, but I'd like you to let me know what's going on, because our wives are friends, and I don't feel right, you know, keeping that information from her if it's something untoward. Uh, and then that person might lie, but that's about all you can do, I think, before it becomes a beyond the scope of what you're really able to do. Yeah, I pretty much agree with that take. I was trying to put myself in the shoes. I don't think I would say anything either, just knowing me, and I don't like to get involved in other people's personal affairs. Um, but I don't think that's necessarily the right thing to do in that situation. Um, and I do think you're right that I think you need to bring it up and be like, hey, I saw this. This looks bad. I'd like you to tell me what's going on. Obviously, it's your life. You don't necessarily have to, but I like to think we're friends, You know, our families are friends, whatever, and I would feel bad if you're hurting someone that I care about. And then again, like you said, if they lie, they lie, but there's not really much more you can do beyond that. Yeah. I mean, I think that would be my first piece of advice too, would to be to confront the person directly, especially if there is like a close relationship there. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, you're friendly with his wife um, as well. Um, but yeah, I would just kind of phrase it as, Hey, I saw this. It's kind of worrying me. I want to give you a chance to explain. And then if the person is guilty, like at the very least, they now know that you know something is up. Um, and if they have a sketchy, sketchy explanation, then they'll probably think that you have a pretty good idea of what's going on. Um, it's, it's hard with the deciding whether or not the narrator should tell uh, their wife. Um, just because I feel like that's a, you know, when you're in a, you know, 
committed relationship, it's hard to like keep things from the other person. Um, well, sure. I, the, whether the one, or not they're like directly relevant to. Right. The one thing I would just kind of put as a caveat to that is you don't know that it's anything. Um, right. You know. And so and then and then if you know that your wife is good friends with their wife, I mean, I think eventually, sure, you know, tell them. But I think it's something to, if you're gonna do anything about it, talk to the the person first. You know, and then talk to your wife. Because you know, most likely, if you mention something to your wife, she's going to say something to her best friend. Um, and, you know, if it ends up being something innocuous, but that just looks bad, then you've just ruined that person's marriage, or at least give them a, give them a major stum- stumbling block. Um, you know, or I should say, they, you know, but if they're cheating, then they ruin their marriage, and what, whether you decide to nuke it or not is your prerogative. Um, but I, I would tend to think that any news good or bad should come from the, the other partner in a, in the relationship, not from some outside source. Yeah. I think a lot of it also depends on the exact nature of your relationship with each of these people. Um, say you're like, not especially like, you know, friendly with this, this guy, but like really good friends with his wife that might change the nature of the discussion or like how you approach this as opposed to like, maybe you're really good friends with the guy, maybe not as close with his wife, but it's like your, your wife's best friend or something like that. And it's just like sort of the nuances and that can sort of change sort of when and how you talk to each person involved. Um, I still think in almost any situation, you have to confront the guy right. first, right. one-on-one. Right. concern is that it does seem like this is kind of weighing on the narrator. Um, it seems like there's some worry there just from like how things were you know, phrased. Um, and so my worry is that his wife is going to think he's, like, being weird and hiding something from her, keeping something from her. Um, so that would be the one thing I would be like, you know, if you're going to do something about this, you got to do it quickly before this, like, okay, really okay. starts weighing on you and you're affecting your own relationship. Um, but yeah, I would just privately take the guy aside and be like, hey, this is what I saw. Maybe there's a perfectly logical, you know, explanation for it, but it seemed really sketchy. I'm not trying to accuse you of anything. Uh, you're my friend. You're my coworker. Uh, but you know that seemed weird, and our wives are close, and we're close, and I just wanted to let you know that I saw something happen and give you a chance to explain. It's going to be an awkward conversation, like for sure. Yeah. But. Yep. Um, but also, good like, or bad, you, you might find out some things about that friend <laughs> that they were not prepared for you to find yeah. out about. Um. Something, I mean, it, it could be and any number of things. you're taking some of the pressure yeah. off yourself, too. Yeah. Yeah. Because it shouldn't be on you. No. It's not necessarily... It's, yeah. There's nothing wrong with your relationship. It's it's yeah. just noticing a potential issue in someone else's. And that, that shouldn't be your burden. Agreed. And it's hard to know when, when to bring something like that up. But it seems like it's affecting this narrator. Uh, you know. And he can't let that continue to affect him so mm-hmm. cool well that was the first time we've talked about cheating or potential cheating on this podcast so that was an interesting one to bring yeah. up to be For sure, sure. Most, most of the time cheating stories are pretty cut and dry the person who cheated is scum get out of here yeah yes and i think this is like it. coming from the friend's perspective right. like, yeah thanks that's an interesting and also like there's take on it you know, there's there's a lot of things that can go into cheating too, so it's not always black and white, but 
in a lot of cases it is you're right yeah yep well i can go um this is uh another uh prudence selection prudence uh, pretty pretty short one but i think it's an interesting dilemma uh, so, recently a local center focused on LGBT issues posted my dream job. Uh, I was not able to apply due to timing. My partner applied and got the job. I know she'll be incredible at it, but I feel very envious knowing that my dream job exists and I missed out. I know this isn't my partner's problem and I feel awful that my envy affects her, but when I hear that her work for the day involves reading up on best practices for working with LGBT communities, I wish I could be doing that instead of my job. I'm trying to be more future-oriented, but that is just making me realize even more how rare this job opportunity was. Was her excuse for not applying? She said the... Actually, we don't know this is a woman, but... Um, uh, was I was not able to apply to due to timing. Apply. It's a pretty vague cop-out, but I'm assuming there's something. Yeah, see, to me that seems like... I don't know. I mean, maybe it, it's valid, but if this was really your dream job, I would think that you would kind of put every effort into applying for it. Uh, if she's, like, this upset that she, like, couldn't get it. I don't know. It just seems like that seems like a, a weird excuse. Um, and it almost seems like, uh, you know, maybe I'll, like, pass by this. And the only reason that she's truly upset is because her, her their wife girlfriend partner. partner uh got it and she's jealous or they're jealous yeah i mean i don't know it seems I, it seems kind of weird that they didn't apply yeah i hadn't i hadn't really caught that but i'm also wondering like did this person know about the job before the partner applied for it that was my immediate reaction yeah. and then now that they saw that their partner has it they realize it's like oh i wish like this was me because that's something i wish i could be doing maybe they just didn't know that this sort of role existed it sounded like they saw the job posting and yeah. passed over it and then the partner applied for it how the partner found out about it i don't know now i mean and that's the weird thing to me is like if this was truly your dream job why didn't you apply for it why didn't you make the time now just just for the sake of going through it let's let's run under the assumption that her their reasons for not applying for the job are legitimate um, could be maybe maybe she doesn't have a lot of money she asked to work her old job couldn't find the time to make you know right. an interview or whatever and she couldn't afford to lose her job over that or something like that just in case she didn't get this new one yeah. that would be totally valid let's let's presume that there's a valid thing i think credit where it's due they're being pretty self-aware about like I'm, I'm aware that I'm envious. I'm aware that this is not fair to my partner. Um, and I feel bad about that. But it's hard to control those sort of ugly emotions that rear their head. I'm the first one to say when, when I hear about people I know who uh, I used to work with or I went to college with or something and they get a role and I'm like, ooh, I want to do that. Um, it's, it's hard to not, you know, have that moment of envy. And especially living with the person and having to hear about the job all the time, I imagine that could be very difficult. Um, it can, but also, like, I feel like there's kind of an obligation here to just, I mean, clearly the partner is enjoying the job a lot. Like, you should be supportive and sure. happy for them. No, I and fully agree. Sucks. Yeah, like, I, I understand jealousy and envy are, like, very real emotions. Um, but also, like, there's really not much you can do in this situation other than be supportive and continue to be on the lookout for roles that are similar that would make you happy you know 
and maybe take this as a lesson learned that the next time you see something that you say, hey, I want to do that, go move heaven and earth and make it happen. Because you know how you'll feel if you yeah, don't. exactly. Yep. That's the thing. Like Jealousy, envy, those are very human emotions. Everyone experiences that. There's nothing wrong with feeling that, per se. It's just you don't want to let that actually seep into your relationship with your partner. And, and to that end, I think it's worth, in therapy or with a trusted friend or something like that, it's worth venting a bit, because I think a lot of this is probably repressed, uh, and that's mm-hmm. almost never going to do anything healthy for you. Um, not to say call up, you know, all of your distant relatives and say, my partner got a job that I wanted, but, you know, you know, a couple times just confide in people that you have these feelings, because sometimes just talking it out gets a lot of it kind of out of your system and, and into the air a little more be okay to even mention it to the partner in you know a specific way be like hey i'm really happy for you i'm glad you're loving this job like i want to be supportive but just to let you know like it's making me a bit jealous because you're working the kind of job i've always dreamed of having um and i like i'm going to support you when i you know want you to be happy and i want you to be able to talk to me about it but just let you to let you know if i do seem a little weird about it that's why um, and I think that's fair to bring up, just sure. so the partner isn't like, "Why aren't you happy for me?" Blah blah blah. But sure. as but long again, as that comes think, with a with a, you know, I'm going to work on that and you know, exactly try to get yeah. through it. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Like, as long as the the key thing is, I am supportive of you, and I know this is a me problem. Um, but I think it's fine to make the partner aware of your feelings about it. Okay. Yeah, I don't really have any advice beyond that. Yeah. But yeah, just <laughs> next time I'm apply for the job. <laughs> like Alright, Chris, what do you It would have been worse if, if they had applied and the partner had gotten the job over them. That would have been really Ooh, shitty. yeah. That's it would depend on, I feel like it would depend on if you knew that each other had applied. Yeah. And yeah. that if you had actually previously discussed that, if you had both in, applied independently and didn't know that you were competing against each other, I think, yeah, that can open up a whole yeah. can of worms. I that... think that, that's going to be tricky. Weird if you didn't know. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it would be tricky for me to be in a competitive career with my significant other. Like, I in, in that. overlapping things. I think, I think you could work in the same company or something if that's a broad enough umbrella to, you know, be in completely different trajectories. But that would be, that would be tough for me, personally. Because I'm a yeah, good person, well, you know and I don't really want that vibe that. in a relationship. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Doesn't change the advice. It was just an interesting add-on. Yeah. <laughs> okay, right, I guess Chris. on to me. Yes, so a little bit different for me today. Um, I don't have one specific uh, actual like paragraph to read through, um, because I noticed a theme that I saw a lot on Reddit, and I sort of wanted to just bring up the general theme and sort of discuss what you're doing. Something I see a lot on Reddit, like relationship advice, it can be from um, male perspective, female perspective, um, pretty much all the different perspectives, is sort of the concept of, like, my partner gained a lot of weight. And I feel like it's, like, hurting my attractiveness to them. It's like, I still, you know, care for them, feel for them, starting, you know, like, but it's like, I'm not as attracted to them anymore, I'm not as, like, sexually interested anymore. And, like, they don't want to come off as, like, a someone who sounds, you know, uh, I can't even think of the word right now. Um, they don't want to sound like a bad person because they're like only you know into them for their physical attractiveness, but they're like it plays a role. How do you sort of go about dealing with that sort of situation? 
it's it's a legitimately tricky one. Um, yeah, you know, part of part of the thing is is that we're socialized, and this is problematic in its own right. We're socialized from a, a fairly young age to equate thinness or fitness with beauty, um, mm-hmm. and there's biological elements to that too. And we don't have to get into it too much, but that's ingrained in us for better or worse. Um, uh, and so, and it's hard to undo that. You can't. Attraction is a fairly base instinct. I think it's hard to, you know, mind over matter your your feelings on that front. Um, and so, I mean, it warrants a conversation. I mean, and, and here's the thing: people are gonna gain and lose weight cyclically, or not, or just you know, pregnancy or high stress year at their job or just whatever there's there's always going to be some some stress factor or just international pandemic international <laughs> pandemic yep. um any number of things people are going to gain and lose weight um i i tend to be within like a 25 pound kind of range at any given moment um you know and i'm okay with it but i'm also not in a relationship so <laughs> um so i think that step one like normalize that there are legitimate health concerns if they start gaining weight very quickly um, to the point where you're like actively noticing it. Uh, and so that is one avenue you could bring it up. Um, diabetes and heart problems and all these other things are, are things you got to be aware of. Um, and so it's something you got to keep in mind because you say, I care about you and I want you to not, you know, have a heart attack at 45. So that's something to keep in mind too. But getting down to the getting down to it, I think you have to be honest and say, "Look, this isn't meant to be, a, a, you know, me spurning you or anything like that." But I'm less attracted to you when you are this size, um, you know. And I I don't think that's anyone's fault um, necessarily, but I think it's the way it is is not in a lot of relationships. Um, and you can say, "I don't expect you to change for me," but just bear in mind that this might be, you know, a problem going forward. Um, and if you want to, you know, resume a sex life or whatever like that, you might be a consideration you have to make. Um, and I think that's a nearly impossible conversation to have, and I would not want to be in a position where I'm having it. Yeah, I, that's a tough one. I think so much of it is dependent on the person, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, a, a, there's a lot of gray area. Their yeah. Weight, yeah, their weight and their physical appearance is very closely tied to their like self-worth and their self-esteem um and in those cases it's very 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 hard to have that conversation especially when you you know care about someone and um are concerned about their health maybe or just concerned about you know how it's impacting your relationship um i think a lot of the time the real loss of attraction is less about the appearance and more about the like attitude and like loss of activity maybe um i know in you know past relationships i've had that's been more of the issue is and it was never like a big weight gain or anything like that but uh someone just sitting around on the couch all day like complaining that they're tired and don't want to do anything or like oh i just like hate work right now and just don't want to do anything and uh it's more the attitude thing that was always a problem for me and i imagine that's uh kind of the case um in a lot of situations and that's kind of like the where the attraction goes away is because it's you know not so much how they look but how they act um i think that's 
I mean, that's not true for everybody. Yeah. Right. No, but that, that's maybe the actual thing, but yeah, I mean, that's a good point. But the it... advice I would give for that is to try to just, <laughs> sorry, <Jeff. laughs> is to try to just, you know, bring up, uh, uh, activities that you can do together. Um, that might be like a little bit active, start small, be like, Hey, let's just go for a walk and talk or, uh, you know, Hey, let's, you know, go for a hike this weekend or something like that. You know, it, it's so situational. It depends on like what your, uh, you know, the personal likes and dislikes are. Yeah. And you, you sort of touched on this too, but I think it's, it's also really heavily wrapped up in mental health a lot of the time. Yep. Um, and so a lot of times weight gain is a symptom of depression or of anxiety or any number of other things. Um, I certainly have, uh, I am diagnosed with, with generalized anxiety disorder. I certainly have gained weight in the past in my, in my bad months. Um, and, uh, that is, uh, not a good time because it sort of worsens everything. Cause you're saying, Oh, well I'm anxious about gaining weight and then I gain more weight because of that. And then I'm more anxious about it. And it's a, a very deadly cycle. Um, and similar, I imagine, with depression and other things of that nature. Um, and so a lot of times it could be like, hey, are you okay? <laughs> like, uh, do we need to, do you need to see someone? Do you need to talk about it? Like, cause it might just be that they're lazy for a while and that's, you know, okay too. But, um, a lot of times there's other things going on that are causing them to, you know, uh, lose track of their, their diet or whatever. Um, and so... That's that's something else I think you gotta factor into. Okay. It. I would say just weight gain. Like there's usually something yeah. else going on, yeah. or lack of something else going right. on. You know, there's no motivation to do things. And and, and truth that, be told, I mean, I feel that deeply. That help that happens to me all the time. I'm like, yeah, I could go work out, or I could sit on the couch and like watch another episode of this TV show and like eat these five cookies, like. That sounds great right now. I always would rather do the latter. (laughs) Yeah. Every single time. Exactly. And I know it was like, it's been very hard for me since my knee injury because so much of what I was doing to stay in shape was like playing Ultimate Frisbee. And that's also like where a lot of my social life came from. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, like the pandemic obviously, obviously is terrible and sucks, but couldn't have really come at a better time because it kind of put everyone in the same boat that I was in so I didn't feel so like alone in that anymore at least um which has been kind of like the one silver lining in my case uh but like I definitely you know put on weight this past year not a ton because I'm still like even just in my normal day-to-day pretty active like I walk a lot and uh you know don't eat super unhealthy most of the time um and I have you know since the second surgery improved a lot and you know being able to do some more working out and running and things like that but but yeah it does it sucks to get in that frame of mind and it's very hard to get out of sometimes yep no often what that person needs is just you know someone to pull them out of it and to offer to do those things with them Mm -hmm. no i think you guys have hit on a lot of sort of what i was thinking as well and there's just Sort of like we said, because this isn't a specific question, there's tons of gray area um, and, like, different scales of, like, how, you know, bad or, or good this could be. But, like, you're exactly right. I absolutely go through stages where I get in a rut, especially in the winter when I just don't do it. I have, like, I do a lot of outdoor activities. So I play a lot of sports. And in the winter, I don't really have access to that. I gain weight every winter. 
every single like without fail. My diet is not good, and I'm aware of this. But usually, I'm active enough to sort of counter out. But I gain weight in the winter because I'm not as active, and like it's gotten to the point where I was at a level where I was like, I don't like how how healthy I am, and it just it takes sort of that extra motivation to sort of get out and do that. Like for instance, one of my roommates really started to pick up running this summer, especially through uh, with COVID, because he's like, I don't have anything else to do, and I want to get in better shape, and it's something to do, and I get sort of inspired me to be like, hey, I want to do this too. And like all of my roommates sort of got into like a mode. We were all doing this for pretty much most of the summer. And it like sort of like what you're saying, it can sort of just be like sometimes you just need to kick in the pants to be like get out of that like stuck in a rut mindset. Because we all get there sometimes. Yeah, having that support system and just knowing someone will do it with you too is yep. such a difference for a lot of not for everyone. Yeah. For some people it's very important that they, you know, are doing it themselves and they don't want kind of people to see them progressing and whatever, and that's totally fine. But for a lot of people it's great to have that support. Yeah, a few of my um, friends. It's part in a relationship. Family. Yeah. Yeah. I think like <laughs> just finish my point Jeff and then you can go but um, it's harder in a relationship too because you ne- don't necessarily want to s- that person to be seeing you struggle um, and often at the beginning stages of you know getting back in shape or eating healthier or whatever like that like you're going to have a lot of um, challenges um, so maybe encourage a friend to help out the partner who's gained weight or something too just to have you know multiple options for them and, and I just wanted to throw out there, too, um, when you're in a long-term committed relationship, a lot of times it's, it becomes easier to slack off, especially if your motivation for exercising in the first place is to look good for potential partners. Um, I have done that. I'm not ashamed about it. Like, I, when I'm single, I will often be in better shape than when I'm not, because you can kind of relax a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's an <laughs> almost universal concept. Um, the, the trick is relaxing to a degree where, you know, you're, you're still able to at least maintain some fitness. Um, I know that when I uh, got into my, my fairly long-term relationship starting my senior year of college, um, all junior year and senior year, I'd been working out pretty hard. I was in better shape than, I've, than I was in for most of college. Um, you know, I wasn't running marathons or anything, but I was in it was pretty okay shape. Um, and I got into the relationship and I tried to keep going to the gym five or six days a week and all these things, but a lot of the, what was gym time became relationship time. And so it's just that much, it's another thing to juggle that you have to kind of handle with time management too. Um, and I didn't do a great job. Um, uh, I, I, I didn't get a ton of weight, but I definitely lost a little bit of strength and, and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, it, relationships are a part of time management too. Like you have to kind of, you know, figure that out. Um, because otherwise it's just going to throw everything else out of whack, too. I do also sort of want to point out that there's something inherently wrong with just gaining some weight. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's I, I just want to point out that we're not saying, like, oh, if you gain some weight, you have to lose it, because that's not true. You can certainly be happy, healthy, and live a good life while, you know, being a little bit heavier. There's nothing inherently wrong with that. Um, I think, again, there's levels to it. If you And if it's impacting the rest of your life, then that's where you sort of need to start paying attention to it. But I want to say there's nothing inherently wrong with like being heavier. Agreed. And I think we're again talking about this in the scope of it's affecting the relationship in some yeah. way. Yeah. 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 Be- People are beautiful no matter what size you are. And I'm hoping the world is starting to become a little bit more, you know, open and accepting of that because everybody's body is different and you know, we gain weight in different ways, we lose weight in different ways, we carry weight in different ways, our bodies are built in different ways. 
uh, even if you were like, even if I was at my lightest, like that I could possibly get and like healthiest and thinnest I could get, I am never going to be again as skinny as I was in high school because nope, my body God, no. has changed nope. as I've gotten older. It was a stick figure. Yeah. Um, yep. And I was in very good shape because of freaking color guard. Um, and like, I think about that now where I like sealed pictures and I'm like, man. And then I'm like, I, I literally like my hips are bigger. Like my body has just yeah. like settled differently. <laughs> like it happens. There's lumps uh, in all sorts of places. Yeah. yeah. I gained close to 50 pounds in college and it, I was healthy when I went in. I was healthy when I went out. I was actually probably in better shape when I graduated 50 pounds heavier just because that's this was rail thin growing up yes i was yeah um i well, i had a moment a little while ago where um a, when i was working on a campaign a while ago which is without getting into it too much just very high stress long hours not taking care of myself at all um i actually got pretty significant stretch marks on my hips uh, just because i gained a lot of belly weight very quickly um and so those are just going to be there not a lot i can do about that um and I've, whatever, I don't really care. It's my hips. Deal with it. Um, but I had a, a moment of slight pride recently because I, I now have some stretch marks on my bicep over here. And I was like, ha-ha, it works both ways. But either way, my skin looks all woogly uh, <laughs> because of different forms of, of putting on flesh. Flesh meat. Uh, yep, indeed. I've got them too, and I've got the cellulite on my thighs that just will never go away no matter what I do. And, you know, it's fine i've accepted it as part of my body it's just gonna be there i also like have I've a... accepted my gray hairs and <laughs> yep. i've and accepted I... my lack of hair same yeah chris and i both have the the different halves of male pattern baldness although my hairline has started to recede now not to the extent yours has but i have a bigger bald spot than you do so i still have a bald spot it's bad it's bad all around which it's is why i shave my head yeah i'm uh, I will get to. I don't think I'm quite there yet, but I will get to a point where I shave my head pretty consistently. I do have one hair that's like an inch and a half long on my shoulder. Things. It's just the one. I don't know what he's doing there, but he's my buddy. We've been through a lot. Well, there's weird things like I get way worse acne now than I ever did, like when I was younger, which is weird. I'm like 30 years old. This is not still happening, but it happens. Like our bodies are strange, and they do strange things. We're going through changes, guys. It's true. It never <laughs> stops. You go puberty, and yep. then you go through the slow and inexorable process of getting old. and just Get adult puberty. Up. Um, and everything is bad. Yeah. I will say, my acne got tremendously better. Although I think that has more to do with just my increased attention to hygiene and, and you know learning more techniques about keeping my skin in decent shape. Um, not that I have excellent skin, but I'm not like, you know, Mars. Uh, <laughs> I take way better care of my skin now than I have in my entire life, and yet yeah. I still get, you know, yeah. breakouts. It happens, and mine aren't, you know, anywhere near that as some people get, so I really can't complain, but I'm just oily. <laughs> There's nothing yep. I can do that's, with that, really. That's a, that's <laughs> I got that, too. We are just yeah. icky. Yeah. We're icky people. <laughs> we, are, we are gross people, and it is what it yeah, is. I think moral of the story is, you know, be kind to yourself, you know, be kind to your partner. Uh, understand there are a lot of things that go into weight gain and appearance changes, and there's also a lot of ways to, you know, deal with them and make yourself feel better. So, but yeah, hard conversation, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. It's all it's all tough, but open and honest communication, as always, is the solution to most of life's ills. Communication.
All right. Yep. Well, with that, we'll wrap this episode. Thanks for listening. As always, if you want us to discuss a specific relationship or life problem, you can shoot us an email to our thoroughlyunqualified at gmail.com email address. Uh, we'd love to hear from you and talk about your problems or other problems that you just might be thinking about. And with that, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.